Welcome, everybody, to the Shop Notes podcast. This is episode number 19. I'm your host, Phil Huber, and today I'm joined by Logan Whitmer and John Doyle. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the projects that we have going on in our shop, as well as how we're holding up under the working from home and not being around each other in the same way that we usually are. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. Okay. So I think one of our strengths as a staff is the fact that we all get along pretty well. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, we've been working in the same building. So we can uh, bounce ideas off of each other, get updates on what's going on. And since we've been doing this work from home thing, I feel like that capacity has dropped off. As handy as video chats are, that there isn't the same level of interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird because I, you know, like you said, we're all usually in the shop together or in the same office in the in the shop and stuff. And it, it's nice because it's it's very easy for us to bounce ideas off of each other. I have lint in my mouth for some reason. Uh, but it, so it's like, you know, this Teams thing that we're using and a lot of the countries using works well. Um, it works well enough, I guess. But you're right. We're, we're missing that same level of interaction that we usually have. So we still have it a little bit. I still find myself, uh, you know, taking a photo, sending it to you guys saying, hey, I need an opinion. I did that this morning. You know, it's right. like, hey, I need an opinion on this. Like, what would you guys do with this? Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's different. Not bad, but it's yeah. just different. Yeah. yeah and I, I found like what you said. I mean, we all usually work together. But on the, another note, we sometimes we squabble like siblings do. <laughs> and. It's hard. It's really hard to like uh, get sarcasm and snarkiness across on chats, and you know it's hard to get that through. So it's it's, it's better to do it face to face, and you know, kind of give people a hard time face to face. So it's kind of right. lost that novelty, like you've said. So, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to get that that snarkiness through. How yeah. do we transmit the snark? Yeah, there'll be a snarkiness font. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the comic sans right yeah right okay. Wing, yeah, wingdings okay. yes <laughs> but you know i mean but there there are some benefits i think from working from home right i mean wouldn't you guys agree that there are some um, oh yeah. Obviously, I'm sitting on my deck right now, enjoying this beautiful day while doing this podcast. You know, that's not something we could do in the office. Mm-hmm. We would be sitting in the studio. So this is, I mean, it's kind of fun to be overlooking the timber and, you mm-hmm. know, have a hummingbird flying around, drinking out of the feeder and stuff. So that's kind of fun. And I feel like I have had, I feel like I've had more shop time but less shop time. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I, yeah. I think Phil knows exactly what I mean because. We're here, our shops are at home, and it's like, it should be super easy to sneak in there. But then you're like, I feel like I should be sitting at my computer doing work instead of being in the shop. Mm-hmm. Although a portion of our jobs do require us to be in the shop, either trying something, working on something, you know, 
Phil, your philosophy has always been, you know, if you're in shop working, we're coming up with article ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, I find it hard making that time right now. Right. Especially mm-hmm. since I have two young kids at home. You guys, Phil, or, uh, Phil has two, John has eight young kids at home. <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> you know of. <laughs> uh, so it, it's interesting because I feel like I should have more shop time, but I'm finding I have a little bit less shop time. But it's, right. it's more quality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it. the time that I get, I've been a little bit more focused. Um, I also feel like when I'm in my workshop now, uh, I've been more aware of my shop surroundings and a little bit more careful on stuff. I mean, not that I'm slapdash in general, but you know, I have to be, you know, I want to make the most out of the time, I guess. And Yeah. But I found, I guess I found myself um, really, I guess getting into a groove in my shop where it's like, you know, being in the office and being in our shop there, um, we're, we're spoiled because we have all, I mean, we have a full professional shop there. We don't, we don't all have that at home. So it's like, mm-hmm. Figuring out the ways to work in my shop that I used to know that I've lost touch with right. in the office. So, Yeah, I would say that I think that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, because when I'm when we were in the office, when I did, you know, take my lunch hour and go down to the shop and try and get something done because I knew I only had. 45 minutes or whatever, I was pretty focused on what I wanted to get done. So I had a little checklist and, you know, but then, like you said, it's also pretty easy because there's like a dado saw and a regular table saw and a miter saw and three band saws and all that kind of stuff. And now, and then when I worked at home, it could be a little bit more free form or perhaps I just didn't plan it the same way. But now when I come out and I try and do that same steal away some time into my own shop i haven't been focused like that except for recently that it's been harder because you come out here and it's like okay now what Mm -hmm. because there's like eight things that i could be doing but i didn't really come out with a goal of i'm going to try and get this done yeah you kind of just spend time tinkering around with all the little things that you know you could be doing it's not real focused and you know, just kind of finding little things to do. and Yeah. So. so then you end up putzing around on like six different things and not really making a ton of progress, it feels like, mm-hmm. rather yep. than kind of barreling through on a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I found myself, uh, so right now I'm still working on this poker table. I sent you guys a picture of it this morning, and I'm building the top. The top is absolutely massive. It's like three and a half inches thick. It's walnut. It's 47 and three quarter inch by 96 inch. I mean, it's, it's huge. Uh, if I was in the shop doing that, we have nine foot clamps. I could clamp that bad boy together all in one go. <laughs> I can't do that in my shop. I don't have a nine foot clamp. I have some, some like car ratchet straps that I thought about wrapping around it, but it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. So I'm like, Oh, you know what? I don't have the luxury of having eight and a half or nine foot clamps in my own shop. So how am I going to clamp this thing together? So I found myself, uh, you know, gluing glue blocks on there and doing basically one joint per day. So it's taking forever <laughs> because I can only do one joint per day. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting change of, 
uh, a process, I guess, being, at least for me, being at home uh, rather than in our shop at work. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me really appreciate what the, the our readers' shops are like and not having that full production shop of like 10,000 clamps of all different sizes and three different table saws to work from and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, well, and it's not, and it's not like we are blind to, to a standard shop setup. I and mean, we all, we all have had right normal, you know, everyday hobbyist shops. And that's still what I would consider all of our shops are normal, like hobbyist type shops at home. Um, but we do get we do get into the uh, kind of the production style. Yeah, we have three table saws in our shop, and one of them set up as a dado. So I know I can always go grab the dado saw. Uh, so yeah, definitely change of pace. So now, John, I know you've been working on building some tips in your yep. home shop compared yep. to compared to the magazine production shop. What have you noticed? Um, I think it's actually kind of fun. Um, because it's just a lot like building the the reader's tips is just kind of like tinkering around and making prototypes and so you know finding all the little scraps and things that i can find uh, to throw together because usually a reader's tip will come in and it's like duct tape and bailing wire and <laughs> maybe some pegboard or you know whatever they found in their shops and baby food jars so it's kind of like going through that same process but then you know, trying to make it look nice and presentable for the magazine. And it's been, it's been a learning process I'm I'm enjoying it. But you also started a new project, right? Yes, like I, I see your pencil behind your ear. I know that means yeah, John Doyle's in work yeah, mode. Yeah. I had to come in. Usually, normally I'm out in the shop uh, for these podcasts, but I had to come inside because our driveway and garage is full of, um, construction lumber. Um, I made maybe the mistake of putting the idea in my kid's head that we were going to build a uh, treehouse type playhouse swing set, you know, quarantine type project this summer. And they took off on that and got all excited and there's no going back now. So. <laughs> they drove into the lumber store and bought all the lumber. Yeah. Yeah. All of the lumber. And so it's, it, I, what were you gonna say? No, I nope. I was a make snarky comment. I'll wait on it. Though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Save all the snarky comments to the end. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. I found the plan. Um, it was um, from one of our old public publications back in the '90s. I think from Workbench Magazine for this backyard playhouse swing set um, type thing. So I downloaded that off of Woodsmith Plans, and it is it's pretty nice. And the started working on the playhouse um, part of it. And it is like an eight by eight footprint. And I have all this lumber and I'm thinking, how am I going to get all of this lumber into an eight by eight? <laughs> like, is this even possible? So it's been, it's been interesting, but we got the, the base structure up today and starting on the, the decking of it. And it's funny cause I spent um, just a uh, evening uh, flattening out like a pad to put this on and had some paving stones in the corners to kind of mark this pad. And the kids were just having fun jumping from paving stone to paving stones. <laughs> like, is this good enough? Can we just stop here? And, but 
I'm just going to give you a bunch of yeah. paving stones and some cardboard boxes. Yeah. So I told my wife the other day, it's like the fastest way to start a treehouse project is tell your kids you're going to do it and they motivate you to it, <laughs> to do it. But then the slowest way to get it done is have them help because they have been like <laughs> climbing on the lumber that you're trying to pick up and moving right. your tools and just kind of generally all over the place. So it's, it's been an interesting start so far. And, and they're like, this is going to take like three or four hours, dad. I was like, maybe weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's slow down here. So, yep. so weren't you guys going to uh, move though? Uh, that's what my <laughs> wife said. She's like, Hey, weren't we going to move? I was like, Hey, you know what? We're probably not going to move this summer. Now, if we get a year's worth out of this and, Cause she's like, are we going to be able to move this with us? And I was like, I don't think so. It's pretty tough to build it again. Yep. But you know, the kids within the next year or two, they'll probably grow out of it though. But it's funny too. Cause I have a four year old and a six year old that are really going to enjoy this. But then I have a 12 year old and a 15 year old that are saying, Hey, why didn't we build this 10 years ago? <laughs> Where are you at, Dad? So, uh, it's like, sorry. Not sorry. Uh, right. <laughs> but so we're having fun um, working on it together. And it's a learning process. Told the oldest that it's his at home shop construction class. There you go. Over the next couple of weeks. So, yep. With yeah. a little bit of math thrown in. Yep. Yep. He's in geometry right now. A so. Yeah, we're going to be adding and subtracting mixed fractions. Yep. <laughs> uh, what so, are you working on, Phil? Uh, I have, sadly, even in spite of my earlier comments about trying to focus on just one or two things, I have like three going on right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've been working more on my compact router table. Because mm, I nice haven't had one for a while until I realized that uh, just before we went to the at-home work situation, I had done a couple of classes for the Des Moines woodworkers on router table routers in general, and it was router table and router stuff. And remembered that I had the one uh, compact router still in my, in the trunk of my car. So that was kind of nice. So I'm using that to build another router table for myself. So Wow. Uh, I had the pieces left over from when we did it on the TV show. And by the pieces, I mean some of the pieces. So now it's, and yep. I think that's part of what made me feel a little disoriented was every time I come out here, I have to do like another inventory of, okay, these are the pieces I really have. These are the pieces I still need to make. And this is what I have to work with. So mm -hmm. trying to figure that out. So, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, found that most of my shop is outfitted with the leftover pieces from projects of the TV show where it's like, oh, I'll take this half-built workbench or storage cabinet and finish it. And, and I've learned that if I don't do that within the first week or two of bringing it home, that it gets just lost and confused. Yep. And it's like, right. what did this part go to? And what did I have left to do? So... <laughs> Like, yeah. Do I just need to start from scratch? Either that, so. yeah. Either that, or I have to like put sticky notes on everything. Like, this is yeah. what this yeah. is. This is where you left off. And so I have mm -hmm. a bunch of plans, like 
tucked into, you know, in my lumber rack. So I have some couple of half finished projects that I need to finish all the way, but it's just a matter of, you know, so I've been keeping the plans with it. So it helped me kind of jog my memory whenever I come back to them. So, so the other thing that I'm working on is uh, for the people who can see this, I've had a, mm -hmm. way back in shop notes time, we did a brass sided steel bottomed uh, shoulder plane. And it was about, just happened to have a measuring device right here in my workshop. It's like two and a quarter by almost six inches long. And it was a, based off of an old Spears shoulder plane. So it's pretty rectangular in shape. And um, so I have the body that we had used for some photo props, but it didn't have any infill in it. And the blade and part of the blade control mechanism, because we did a shop made blade advance and retract mechanism on it. So I thought I would maybe finish that up and have a really nice shoulder plane. A little inspired by the fact of Logan and his Bill Carter infill planes that he's been working on. But anyway, I wanted something beyond just the simple rectangular one. So uh, and this is something I don't normally do. I sometimes make sketches of projects and then start drawing out details and things like that. But I made a a sketch and then what I'm holding up here is a mock-up that I used out of three-quarter inch plywood and cut it out on the bandsaw because I was trying to figure out like what's a good shape you know to be able to hold on to this shoulder plane in a two-handed configuration or one-handed and then what I thought I would do is instead of having like a rectangular brass body is that I'm taking some inspiration from some old English uh, bullnose planes and shoulder planes and giving it some curves on the top and at the back edge and then having the infill extend both front and back from that and above it and then shaping that and I was playing around with some of that so it was kind of fun to do that and I'm ready to uh, start tackling that on the on the shoulder plane so but then I found out nice. that the uh, blade that I have for the shoulder plane is actually a little narrower than the shoulder plane body, which is kind of the opposite of what you really want for standard operating procedure. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to do some sanding and filing on the plane body to mm -hmm. bring it down to the correct thickness. So... I know that I'm going to be spending some quality time with a big mill file that I have here, but I'm also hoping that some 60 grit sandpaper that I have for my random orbit sander will maybe help me get there a little faster. Yeah, I think it will. I, I was amazed with that, um, that first plane I made, how quickly, even like, I think I had a 120 grit belt um, that I cut apart and, taped down to my table saw uh -huh. and I flattened the, the bottom with that and it, it tore through it. I, I yeah. was amazed how fast. So I would think it would go pretty quickly. Yeah. So the big thing is just making sure that when I narrow it up, that I can keep, keep the sides square to the bottom and not mm -hmm. end up with like a tapered body on it. So, but I, you know, I think that's going to be working out pretty well. Um, so those are the two that I have been working on. And then um, when we're recording this, I had been 
procrastinating sharpening a lot of my tools. So this week, first part of the week I spent, I would take little breaks from my computer and then run into my basement work room and sharpen all my plane irons. And now I'm working on the chisels. So It's sharp week. It's sharpening week. Yep. So <laughs> it's uh, long overdue. And then now that I've, because I sharpened all the plane blades, had them in my basement, brought them back up here today. And over lunch was putting them back in the planes and then making some test cuts. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's how this is supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah, I did that with, um, it actually was, it was making that, that first matter plane. My, uh, my low angle um, jack plane is what I use in my shooting board. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to shoot the front infill down to fit. It's like I only needed like a 64th of an inch for it to slip right into the body. So I took it over my shooting board, and it just was like, oh, this sucks. And then it's pear. It's pretty hardwood. Yeah. So I was like, this sucks. So I took took the blade out, got my oil stones out, and five minutes. And I was like, oh, my God, why did I not do this three days ago? You know, it's like it's just – one of those things that you procrastinate on, and then when you do it, you're like, this is why I need to do it more. Yeah. So those are your, your three you're working on, Phil? Those are the three that I'm working on right now, yeah. So You, fin- you finished was... up your daughter's uh, dress or end table, side table, right? Yeah, got that taken care of. I still haven't taken nice. the final photo of that one yet, but so I'm pretty excited about how that one turned out. Being a woodworker, I know all the flaws in it, and those are the things that I think about, or at least because mm-hmm. I finished it up like two weeks ago. Yeah. And that's what I was obsessing about. But since then, I've seen it again, and it, it's just like, oh, yeah, that does look really cool. And I've already, the flaws don't come leaping to mind as quickly as they did. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, and that's that's a hard thing because working with wood and being a woodworker, we strive for perfection, but we don't always get there, right? Like I would I would say we hardly ever get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that that's some of the handmade charm, right? Is sure is those small inconsistencies that make something handmade. Um, that's kind of what I keep telling myself with I'm working on this poker table for a friend of mine, uh, and you know, the miters for the top are not as tight as I would like. I even, the, the top is three and a half inches thick, so I, I couldn't cut them in the table saw. Blade just isn't tall enough, right? And there's right. the, the two long rails. It, it's a it's a oblong octagon, right? So it's long and rectangular. So the two side rails are like 60-some inches, or 72 inches, I think. Um, so, I mean, even on a table saw, that's a really long rail to cut a miter on. Right. So uh, in all my infinite wisdom, I decided to use the miter saw in our shop. I even I put a fresh blade on it, made my first cut, and then I came back and made about a half a blade with cut to pare it down to kind of absorb some of the deflection you get. And yeah. still it deflected. And when and it's, it's hard to tell that when you're trying to put one piece together at a time and the, the top's so big that only place I could lay lay the the pieces out to get a good sense of how they'd fit together was the shop floor and it's concrete in there and you guys know you've been in our shops it's not flat by any means right so 
everything looked pretty good when it was laying on the floor. And then as soon as I started gluing up these miters, I'm like, ah, there is some um, 32nd inch gaps in some of them. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. And it's not that bad. <clears throat> it, I didn't help myself at all by using, I used three steel pins in each joint, epoxied in. So I'm kind of fighting those steel pins a little bit. And most of them closed up pretty well. And what I'm noticing in most of the cuts is a hollow. Uh, so the outside and inside of the joint is tight. Then there's a small hollow in the center. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's I was messaging you guys about it this morning. It's like, what do you guys think? Should I maybe, maybe do the old hide glue, sand it, and call it good? Or should I, my other option, which I'm not a huge fan of, is maybe trying to veneer it. So get everything glued together, sand it, and then cut some eighth inch and quarter inch veneer and just basically recover the top. And that will allow me to get a good tight miter on the top face at least, um, which I might do still. Um, it doesn't sound fun <laughs> by any means. <laughs> so, but I keep telling myself, it's like, you know what? It's those small things that, you know, the, the miters are one thing because those I want to get as close as I can. But some other stuff like the the base, I chamfered everything by hand with my black plane. There's some small inconsistencies in the in the chamfers, but it's handmade. It's not right. it's not CNC cut off of a four by eight foot CNC. So uh, it's some of the charm, in my opinion. So yeah, and uh, the. the balance of this week um you know like i said i've i've only been able to glue up about one of those joints per day um because i'm gluing on glue blocks with high glue uh have to let those dry then gluing together miter and letting those dry so it's about a day day and a half per joint um the rest of my time has been spent uh assembling a sawmill my hands i don't know if you guys could see them or not but they are just all tore up there's so much sharp steel <laughs> oh my gosh but and yeah, so I, I I bought a sawmill a couple of weeks ago and it showed up last week I think last Monday last Tuesday something like that and I started uh, started to assemble it um, probably on Wednesday or Thursday last week and I, I filmed I filmed the entire thing um, and I started editing that video this morning um, but man that was fun like I wouldn't want to do it every day I don't want to become <laughs> the Norwood assembly man. <laughs> Mm. but it was it was cool uh putting together a a large highly engineered piece of machinery like that was really fun everything was really really well done um i had some problems with the um there was one set of trailer support jacks um that uh, it's like a welded welded square tube that the jack slides down in and everything that i think norwood does is robotic welded so this robot was having a grumpy day because the inside bead was really tall and the jack wouldn't mm. fit through it. So I oh. had to take a file to it for a little bit to, to be able to get everything to slip. But everything else just went together. Man, it went together so well. The only issues I ever had were because I didn't read the instructions fully. So, <laughs> but it's together. It's, uh, I have logs out there ready to cut. I have some fine-tuning um, right before this podcast, I just went. Actually, drove down to the gas station and filled up my gas cans. So, I got some gas now, and hopefully, maybe this weekend we'll saw into some logs. And there you so, go. So fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, I am missing one box. There was one box missing out of this shipment. 
um, which I don't think I can fault Norwood at all for it. Um, they're, they shipped this out during their quarantine also. So it was like, <laughs> they're not normal shipping guy that was back there. It's like, it was, you know, I don't know if they're on a minimal staff or what, but they, uh, everything showed up really nicely packed. Um, but I'm, I was missing the box that had the trailer tongue in it. I, I take it back. I have the tongue. I don't have the, there's like a receiver that the, the tongue slides into. So as you're oh. milling, you push the tongue out of the way so you can walk around the mill. Yeah. Uh, so I can't actually attach the tongue to the trailer that the mill's on. Um, so once that shows up, hopefully that's going to be uh, maybe early next week. Um, I'll be able to hook it up to the truck, pull it over to my logs, and start sawing. I, uh, nice. Yeah, the first logs I'm going to throw on there. Sorry, Dana Myers, if you're listening. He's my <laughs> first customer not really customer but i have some uh locust logs over there and he built a when he was building for us which dan has been retired what two years now almost probably Something like that. Mm-hmm. is it he was uh when he was still building for us he had built a dining room tabletop for his daughter i believe out of locust and he said hey if you ever get locust let me know because i need to make a base for this well so i texted him a couple of weeks ago and said hey uh, you ever finish that? He's like, no, it's still sitting in my shop two years later. <laughs> I was like, well, great. Hey, I got some locust logs for you. So he uh, he said, oh, okay, whenever you're ready to cut them, I'll come on out and help you with them. So so I think Dana and I are going to saw up some locusts. We'll film it. It'll be interesting. Yeah, so, that'll be fun. Yeah. Un, un, uncoiling a inch and a half wide, 187 inch long blade bandsaw blade a little sketchy right <laughs> i did it without scratching anything but it was very you, very slow you just threw it out on the garage floor and <laughs> let it uncoil <laughs> no, i i was reading the manual it says to, it says you can do that but it says do it on grass mm-hmm. so you don't scratch up the teeth or, yeah. or dull the teeth yeah um but no it was i one think of, it would like, be like a duck and cover kind of incident so you yeah, just gotta kind of. So I do have I have eleven blades for it. Um, Holy they, cow! Yeah, they sent me a a box of ten. All right, they sent me. I bought a box of ten, um, and then the the mill itself comes with one. So it's like okay. I had I have eleven. I figure one of those is like a throwaway, right? I have to I have to ruin something on the first log. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind right. of a given. Hit um, a nail or yeah, or like hit the uh, the log dogs or something. You know, just mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it'll be fun. I'm I'm excited to get this assembly video edited, um, and then maybe start milling some stuff. So we'll see how it goes. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we'll wrap things up here with that. I have one reader comment that I want to read. So if you have uh, if you've been listening to the Shop Notes podcast and have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can send us those comments at woodsmith at woodsmith.com. So this one comes from Brenda. So I've been listening to the Shop Notes podcast. Didn't listen to them when you were first started, but I've downloaded them from the email every week. So I would have them for later. Turns out a global pandemic is the perfect time to listen. In fact, it actually helped my attitude with all the woodworking clubs canceling their meetings. I was missing out on the good-natured ribbing between the guys. So listening to that on the podcast has really helped right now. Since I'm listening at work, I can't do the YouTube part, but was able to listen up to three episodes in a day. I'm caught up now, and so I can't wait to have the next episode posted. Well, I know that um, 
I've definitely missed out on the good-natured ribbing that we get both in the office and from the other woodworkers that I know of in the area. So if you'd like to see what we've been talking about on today's episode, you can catch us on our YouTube channel, Woodsmith Shop on YouTube, and see all the back episodes of the podcast there, as well as our show notes page on woodsmith.com. And if you're listening and you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear from you by leaving us a good review and a five-star rating if you enjoy it. And you can find us on all the major podcast sources and stores like Spotify and iTunes, and Google Play and Stitcher and all of that. So if you would do that, uh, not only does it help us uh, know what we can talk about and know how we're doing, but it also the higher the ratings helps get us in front of more and more woodworkers just like you who like enjoying talking about woodworking and the projects that we're building. So we'll see you next week on the Shop Notes Podcast. This episode of the Shop Notes Podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs, and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com. If they do a re gritty reboot of the Dukes of Hazard, it's them being TP bootleggers. Run TP across state lines? Yeah.